All right, we got episode number four. Uh, what is that? Uh, Quattro. We got Quattro. Uh, the the Lou Gehrig episode. Hold on. Who, uh, what you, other fours we got? You can't can after Lou Gehrig because that brings up that terrible disease. Joe That's Dumars. all I think about is that bad disease. Uh, Bobby Orr. This list has Joe Dumars before Brett Favre. Notable. <laughs> of notable fours. <laughs> yes. Notable fours. Uh, Dak Dumars. Prescott. Might not be the last time we talk about him today. Ooh, little little. Oh, maybe into the no. foray into the uh, future episode or I mean, future number four. Episode. Number four. There's not a lot of cats. Uh, Taylor Hall, maybe. Bro, it's all cats from the '80s, and like, yeah. no, there's no like good number. Wait, uh, number no, four in, in sports no. or anything now. Who wore number four in basketball recently? Like a good player. I don't know, dude. It's probably like the Olympics or some shit because they all. Wear, I feel like, so because they all wear number. Yeah, they all wear stupid numbers. Like what's Dame wearing like, right gimmick, now? They were like gimmicked. Numbers. Isn't I think Dame like wearing like eight or something. Yeah, something like that. Oh wait, yeah, because I think he's wearing. Is he wearing it for? I don't know. I don't know. I think I just totally made that up. Yeah. Well, shit, man. I'm 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 trying to think of other notable number fours. You know, for the fourth episode, I can't honestly. I really fourth can't. episode. Well, we have to like declare one as the episode, and I, I still don't think. Can... <laughs> Oof. Brett Favre is automatically out of the running. Like he's just not even remotely. Yeah, close. Brett Favre's a little creepy, man. He's a little odd. I will I'm say the dude it? can I mean, cut a hell of a promo on that Levi jeans commercial. I was going to say, man, I mean, he throws a hell of a spiral on them. Nice fitting Levi jeans. <laughs> All right. Who, uh, who, who are you saying? What, 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 uh, what hockey, uh, cat, what's I, feel his like name? Do, I feel like we have to do Bobby Orr, man. You know, uh, Stanley cup just ended. I feel like we have to do a hockey one. I feel Bobby Orr, man. I, and that's, I'm not saying this is a slight on, uh, Mr. Bobby or or hockey or nothing, but bro, like, uh, honestly, sport. to me, like throwback sports players, like bro, it's just not cool. Like the players are so much cooler now, which is no, fine, but it is what it is, you know. And any, it doesn't matter. Any player from like the seventies or eighties in football, basketball, you know. I mean, there's you obviously got your outliers. You can hand pick a couple of uh guys man, that are but, interesting, but for the most part, bro, those dudes were just lame. For hockey, working, it was their man, second job. It was their second yeah, job. Yeah, for hockey specifically, man. I think I'd have to disagree, man. Players in the seventies were batshit crazy. So like, I'm kind of cool with them, man. They didn't wear no helmets or nothing. They're playing they wearing no around. helmets. They were just, man. They were just slashing each other with those wooden ass, like twenty pound sticks right in the ankle, where there's like no protection. They were cutting them you before know. the game, like off Bro, of an actual log. <laughs> the Flyers literally won two Stanley Cups solely off the fact that they could kick everybody else's ass. Not like not hockey wise, but like they could just beat the fuck out of everybody else. Hey. Dude, I mean, that's what all, I'm saying. Hey, I mean, I mean. <laughs> all right. Well, but I, I do. Speaking of beating people's ass, I do want to talk about. Obviously, you know it too. We got to talk about Poirier McGregor three. But before that, uh, we put out our best bets for the home run derby, which happened on, uh, I believe it was Monday night. I, bro, the home run derby was like, I'm indifferent on the whole thing because it's obviously to me it's the most entertaining like gimmick that any sport has for it's like all-star weekend. Yeah. If you want to call it that? Like, trust I me, I say. love the dunk. I love the dunk contest, but no one cares when Derek Jones Jr. Is the one dunking. Like, I'm sorry. I, I agree. We, we want to see LeBron. We want to see like the, the, the stars doing that. We don't want to yeah. see these guys that are the like, 11th. Didn't Terrence and 12th Ross win a dunk competition. Like, Bro, he recently. probably did. And it's like, like a, I like, like Terrence Ross. Ago. Yeah, but he's a fine player. He's like the seventh or eighth man in a rotation, which doesn't exactly. make him particularly I mean, exciting. Hey, like, man, he's a great bench player, but like I don't need to see him yeah. in, the, in the dunk competition. But uh, we did have the home run derby on Monday. Uh, I'm trying to pull up like on the fly the uh, the actual bracket. 
uh, because I have what our best bets were. Um, obviously, I mean, mine were a little biased, but of course. All right. So in home run derby, we had Otani and Juan Soto in the first round, Salvador Perez and Pete Alonso uh, as well. Matt Olson and Trey Mancini and then Trevor story and Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo was getting, people were gassing him up. Yeah. Never Joey Gallo. That. Yeah. Joey Gallo folded like, yeah. he folded And I, I have to say, man, I, before when I was uh, looking at DraftKings before that, uh, before like Monday morning, Trey Mancini was like plus 1400 to win. Yes. He obviously finished his second place, but I think the biggest takeaway of the home run derby was Pete Alonzo is like the biggest fucking dork. No, um, he like, he's okay. a dork, like a nerd. Like he is. So he's a dude I, that without baseball would just be mm-hmm. anyone. He would be a Jag. Yes. He'd be anyone. He's literally like every guy who peaked in high school, except he just didn't peak in high school. He's peaking now, but he so acts like he would have peaked in high school. <laughs> Bro. I'm saying he was the cringiest. Like that was like, I, I use that term. Yeah. Not, not a lot anymore. And I'm saying this man, was straight up cringe like yeah biggie rolling his grave yeah, like no one wants to see this guy from like sarasota florida b- uh, bobbing his head to like hypnotize or or, or nas or whoever the hell they were playing like i, I, was, I, I seen think this... he was playing a wasn't he playing a biggie 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 yeah yeah UC? well but yeah. i seen a i seen an interview with with pete alonzo and he was like yeah, I was listening to a lot of New York classics, and he sounded like somebody's uncle talking. Like yeah. the fact that this dude is in his twenties is crazy. He was talking like a forty-five-year-old no. out-of-touch dude, and he was like, "They were playing the New York classics. They had like a notorious B.I.G. and Mob Deep, and uh, and I was like, bro, like I'm, yeah. I, I get you trying to embrace the culture of the team that you're playing for, but like, yo, bro, you don't have to like, like push it. You don't have to push. He it was that like far. meditating, like when Trey Mancini was going. Like he was like really into it. That was. That was like, an impressive performance. Like, I mean, it me was wrong. very impressive. However, yo, speaking of him being a cornball, I really, really, really thought that as soon as like he got, I think Trey Mancini, what did he end up getting? Like 20, 22. I think it was 22. 20, 22. Well, as soon as he got 21, I was like, watch, he's going to like drop the bat or something and give it to Trey Mancini. Cause of like, it'd be such <laughs> like, I thought, I really thought he was going to put himself over and try to be the good guy. And I was like, don't please don't like when he hit, I was like, thank you. Cause I really, Pete Alonso is corny enough. I thought he was going to do that. And like, it would have been so awkward. Everyone would have just been like, huh? Yo, and you're damn right. Like, that's exactly like, that's I could totally see do. him doing. Yeah. I could totally yes. see him doing that. Like, he's just a nerd. Like, I'm sorry. Like I, like I have a weird, like, baseball me, me being, yeah, me being a Nationals fan. Like, uh, obviously I'm not going to like the teams in my division, but it's like, I, it's weird. Cause it comes in stints. Like I've never, ever in, in my life, like resented the Marlins just because they, in my lifetime, like being when the nationals are competitive, they were never really competitive either. And then the Mets like are just now starting to, you know, turn things around the Phillies, you know, obviously they're in limbo. They have Bryce. So it gets no, weird. No, no, we're winning the NL East. But, it's obvious. No, 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 no. But the whole thing is though, with, with the Mets, it's like, they really didn't change their team too much. They just added like, obviously like Lindor, but like Lindor has been ass. So it's like, a lot of the guys, it's more so just like their young players getting older and like more, more, you know, like uh, the game yeah. is slowing down for them. But Pete Alonzo, this dude was acting like the Mets were the Dodgers. Like, I mean, yeah. you guys are like, he thought he really did think that, you know, in my opinion, he thought the Mets were the Yankees. Like he thought that he would like, they were New York's getting, team. He thought he, he, thought he was, he was getting yeah. big time, big time. He thought fun. like all of the big Apple was like, yeah, Mets. I mean, no. honestly, I'm sorry. Like I, 
Because, like, I like Lindor, and, like, I the Mets are annoying to me now because it's, like, they are in first place. And, it's obviously, it's, like – Yeah, not for it's gonna long. Be, it's it's going to be like that for, like, every, uh, you know, every sport. Obviously, that's just sports. I like Lindor. There's not a lot of guys that I hate. I like DeGrom. But, yeah. it's like, Alonzo, to me, is just, like, he's just so – like, he's, like, the the, the Juju Smith-Schuster of baseball. Like, yes. 100%. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Yes, he is the Juju of baseball. It's just annoying as shit, man. Like, God, he's – Just, like, a corny-ass dude. But, like, he's good, and he does, like, bring, you know, notoriety to the sport. You know, people see that. You know, they saw his little weird – and then he was, yeah, but he was going viral on TikTok after the game. That's what that's what I mean. Like, like because he showed up to a bar like that. Like, bro, you show up to the bar wearing your. I mean, that chain was like it, it is what it is. It's obviously MLB just like spent a hundred thousand dollars probably on some chain. This is as like a, you know, as the gimmick. I did victory. think the I did think the uh, chain was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool, but it's like you're you're showing up to like a party or whatever or the bar after the after the event. And you're basically begging everyone to recognize you as a celebrity by wearing that. And it's like, yo, man, I agree. On, but honestly, 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 if I had a chain like that and I just won the home run derby, I would want people to be like, damn, he just won the home run derby. That's all. Like, I would yeah. want the notoriety as well. Like, I kind of no, get I, on that me. one. I, I think I'm self-aware enough to like if Juan Soto won the home run derby and, you know, he wins and he went out afterwards and he's got the chain on. Like, obviously, I'm going to be like, that. I'd be, I'd be like, yeah. yo, Juan Soto, like. Come on, he's is cool. No, no, yeah, it's only corny because you don't like him already. But however, uh, the rest before, of the shit was corny as hell. But before we get on to the UFC talk, let's go over the uh, best bets that we had put out for mm. the home run derby. Um, I had a National League player to win plus one fifty. That hit just because Pete Alonso. I mean, yeah. hey, it's it's impressive, man. I mean, you got to be a different type of cat, especially at Coors Field, yeah, to to hit as many home runs as he did, and he really didn't seem to like lose a step. No. especially that that last stretch that he hit like i know we've been talking shit on him but that last stretch of like six or seven home runs straight was that was pretty crazy oh no no <laughs> no! like i said like a uh, great baseball player just kind of a corny guy yeah uh and then you had uh for the first round you had joey gallo over trevor story and i don't blame you for that i would have picked that too yeah but joey gallo his pitcher he was fold- no he folded Honestly, I don't think it was his fault, dude. His pitcher was throwing him cutters. His pitcher was throwing gonna... him a change. He threw him a changeup. I'm like, dude, you're throwing a changeup on the black, trying to get a call. Bro, I'm They're not gonna lie it. though. Like, I honestly did not even watch that. I was, uh, I think I was out and about, and I missed that. I saw pretty much every round after it, so I just looked at my phone. I saw Joey Gallo lost. I was like, well, yeah, shit. Like that's that was my guy who I had winning and also advancing this round. But and obviously, yeah, you had him to win as well, so that didn't hit. Uh, so as of your, you know, three picks right now, oh and two, but you did hit Trey Mancini over Matt Olson. I like that pick. I mean, people were yeah. sleeping on Trey Mancini. I think it was just because of his, um, of his home run total, like in the regular season, you know, so yeah. far. Uh, but then I had Juan Soto over Shohei Otani. There was way too many people thinking Shohei was going to win the whole thing. That I knew there was. There, I didn't think. No, I didn't think he was going to win, but I thought he'd make it past the first round. People were sleeping on Juan Soto. The, the whole thing about Juan Soto, though, is like he's got power to all fields. He doesn't have to pull it. Yeah. All the no, time. I did think it was crazy that he was so. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was crazy how he think was like the, the favorite, and Juan Soto was like he was one of the lower of the odds. I was like he very yeah, well. I think beat it. Shohei in this. Yeah, I think it was the best first round possible for Shohei. I mean, I I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I guess just because in terms of like if he won the first round and went on to win the whole it's thing, it's the that best would be, way he could have lost. But it was the best yeah. way he could have lost, right? Because it was like you're going up against a super likable guy in Juan Soto, and then 
you go and you guys tie barely. Like he was looking like he wasn't going to, you know, he had to pull out like 15 home runs in the last two minutes and then hits it. And then they go into literally like double overtime. Yeah. That's the best way for him. to Man, lose. I'm not going to lie though. During that, like there was a couple times where, um, whoever was, I'm sure, you know, but whoever was throwing the ball for Juan Soto, he would like kind of, you know, throw him like a ball or like way out of range. And I was really hoping that on one of them, even though, you know, the time was ticking, so he couldn't right. waste the time. I was really <laughs> hoping on one of them, he would have done the little lean stare, grabbing his cross. But he did. He did though. When he, oh, uh, he did? In the, um, in the swing off when they did the, so they did, they did a, uh, like the double elimination, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cause like the, the extra round was a minute for them. Okay. I believe it was a minute for them back and forth. They had one minute and or might've been a minute or two minutes. I can't remember. But then the, like, the very last, you know, sudden death situation yeah. for them was when they had the three, three, right. It was three swings. And one, every time he would take the first pitch and then swing at the second one. And mm-hmm. then for one of the first pitches, Kevin Long was the guy that was thrown um, to Juan. He was our, he's our hitting coach. Yeah. Throws it like 10. Yeah. I seen that. He threw it over. And okay. He did the whole, like he did the whole mm-hmm. like Soto shuffle thing, which is, you know, it is what it is. I, I, Juan Soto should have won that thing. It's just, who I mean, bro, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I feel like I want to cut a promo on Pete Alonzo right now, but I'm not going to. It's because Juan Soto. I have already cut a lot. Is, I know we Pete already Alonzo. did. How but, much of it's talk? I mean, I feel like we've of, already given to this guy enough. I know, but this what I was saying was my last my last uh, best bet because I had had National League player to win that hit, obviously. Then first round Soto over Otani, and then I had Juan Soto to win the whole thing. And if yeah. Pete Alonso was, if it wasn't Pete Alonso, Juan Soto would have been. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, I agree on that. It is what it is. Um, but with that, that wraps up the baseball talk. The main uh, event we've been we've been talking about it for months. We've been talking about it for six months, I guess, in particular. Man, I, I know we're about three. to talk about. I know we're about to talk about. But like before we get into the main event. I feel like we have to talk a little bit about the undercard because it was at least two things that happened or not the undercard, but two of the fights yeah, right. before then in the main event that yeah. had some crazy endings that Sugar Sean O'Malley, you know, <laughs> landed like 200 significant strikes, got that uh, crazy. TKO or what was it? Did they count it as a TKO? A, I believe they did. Yeah. TKO at the end uh, on that questionable call by, you know, the legendary Herb Dean. However, <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't think it was that too crazy of a call because when you really think about it, I forgot no, who no. I seen. Um, I forgot who I seen really explain it, but it was like this dude just took two hundred shots to the face almost. He's gotten like no strikes in himself. He's losing this fight. There's no shot he wins this fight. Right. Why have him take more damage? Like after he took that undercut, it's the safe thing to do for the fighter. I feel. I, I think the I think the reason that they I think the reason there's the outrage of like. Mm you know, why it was stopped was more so just the fact of like, yo, this kid's been taking his, like his yeah. ass beating, like, like a champ. And he deserves to stand in for the last 30 seconds. And I agree. I even tweeted out. I thought that it was a bullshit stoppage, but like now looking yeah. back, they could have stopped that shit in the second round. No, they really could. But like, uh, I don't know what we can take away from the O'Malley fight. Cause like, trust me, I like the guy, but Bro, he needs to humble himself a little bit because, like, he mm. I, trust me, I'm all for the calling out and all that, but you need to like reel it back. I'm all for you being super confident, but like, bro, you can end up. You don't want to like tarnish your own reputation. Yeah, by, by like up. trying too fast. It's not boxing, whereas boxing, it's like, yo, if you're like, like the elite of the elite in boxing, like you're only losing a, a fight or two or something like that. And MMA, yeah. you can lose a handful of fights and still be a, and looked at mm-hmm. as an elite guy. And as with him, he's already lost to Cheeto Vera. 
he he says he claims that that's not debatable debatable but, but he needs to humble himself because someone will end up knocking him out or catching him one time oh, probably and then it could be a whole ego trip for him to to come back from that you know and, and that's because I, agree. It, I think we, I like, do agree on that point. We we saw we saw it this this past weekend with with him. Uh, the dude is is legit. He's legit. Oh I'm not my trying god! To take that away like he, no, like dude, it was. I know but he, he needs a real out like he wanted. He didn't get him the way he wanted to, but like landing. I can't. Tell. That's I've the most dominant way to it. beat him. That's yeah. the most dominant way to win without knocking somebody out. Like real yeah. Shit. So like obviously he wanted to do like the highlight knockout, but like people still watched that fight and went. Dude, he just punched him like two. Like, uh, what's that? <laughs> Hold up, what's that one tweet? Who's that rapper who got punched in the chest like fifty times? Oh, MGK, right? He... MGK got punched <laughs> in the chest. Yeah, so like that dude was a uh, MGK in this scenario. He got punched he just, like two hundred times. But the thing is, though, it's it's not like it was. Uh, it's not like O'Malley was like walking him down like nonstop. Like yeah. Moutinho was walking him down, yes, backing him up to the so cage. Weird, which but is then was weird. still getting it was popped. So weird. Right, he was still getting popped. Um, man, but I think I know where you're going. Uh, Greg Hardy getting his ass knocked out. Oh my god, Greg Hardy. I th- I think Greg Hardy's eyes were about to pop out of his head, dude. When he got socked, that dude, his lights went off. Bro, like, I that thought he was, I thought he was, he was arguably, he was arguably winning that fight up to that point. He was, no, he, he tagged him absolutely. right before he got knocked out. He got clobbered. And Tai Tuivasa was the that was like, that's the thing that you have to do nowadays. It's like, Bro, yeah. that's the thing I feel like these UFC that these UFC fighters and and obviously I know it's MMA and stuff, but like like the general public is not watching Bellator. I'm sorry, like uh, in one championship, like people are gonna be flipping through the channels on TNT on a random ass Tuesday night. Like they're not landing on uh, one championship, and I'm sorry, like that's just the reality of the situation. But with the yeah. UFC, when we're talking about MMA, we're talking about UFC because UFC is the new boxing. People have their eyes to to the sport, especially mm. on a McGregor, you know, McGregor card. But you got Tai Tuivasa in a division like heavyweight, and he he's got the Andy Ruiz vibe to him, where it's like, all right, he's not like this ripped serial gone, you know, Francis Ngannou looking guy. He's just like, yeah, a, he's just like a, he kind of looks like me, guy. yeah. <laughs> he's just a big guy, so he he gets up. He knocks out Greg Hardy, who people know is a piece of shit. I mean, he like yeah. beat the shit out. He, like he almost killed his wife by beating the shit out of her. And then, hell of a defensive end. And then he does a shoey in the in the octagon, and like like come on now. Yeah, like that's I mean, that's the perfect way to put yourself over. No, you yes, like, especially on such a big card. Like we were talking, yeah. like I think on the first or second episode, like how important it is to have a showing like that on a McGregor uh, card like that because you know, like we said, like him or hate him. And even Dustin Poirier at this point, especially after the way he's just knocked uh, McGregor out twice. Well, yeah, TKO no, the last time, but like he probably would have knocked him out. He had him the entire fight. But anyways, I mean, now people look at Poirier, and I'm sure he's a name that like the next fight when he faces Charles Oliveira, that'll be probably the biggest card. Like that'll be the biggest card of that calendar year, more than likely. Yeah, and, and because people are gonna I, have their eyes that fight. And before, and it's imp- yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But but uh, I think it's I think we should talk about. Poor McGregor because I yeah, think the co-main we gotta, event, we gotta, the co-main we event, and all, all I say about the co-main event, super underwhelming. I think I picked yes. Gilbert by I picked Gilbert Burns by finish, and I was honestly convinced that he would, but uh, it was it was not the kind of fight he was. It was just kind of boring. Uh, I, I will say though, I will say though, I like the call out to uh, Jorge Masvidal. Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal will be a hell of a fight. But he's smart though because he called. I think he called yeah. out Leon. He called out somebody else. Yeah, but. He knows that he can beat the shit out of Jorge, mm-hmm. but he's gonna make, mm-hmm. but he's gonna make money. 
Like you're gonna exactly. he might even hey like, he might even win the BMF championship, forehead. right? Right, yeah. But uh yeah, perfect timing. Uh Poirier McGregor, the trilogy. There was so much hype. Uh I, I we didn't talk about it last uh you know, last episode or whatever, but uh and honestly, the last episode I believe came out before the press conferences. Um yeah. A I I knew I was pretty confident that Dustin Poirier was gonna win this fight, and I said it on the last episode. I'd only had this feeling one other time when I was gambling and it was when uh, the Washington football team was getting ready to face the Steelers. Steelers were undefeated Monday night Mm -hmm. football at home. I had this feeling my Washington football team was going to kick their ass. And I knew that was going to happen. It was a come from behind victory and they won the Washington football team wins. Uh, What's his face? Who's the quarterback? Taylor Heineke. uh, I don't think Taylor Heineke was the the quarterback. It was was, uh, was, uh, the quarterback. I think it was Alex Smith. Or no, it wasn't. Maybe it was Heineke. I, I can't I think remember. It was dude. Heineke, dude. I, think I it was Heineke, Heineke coming yeah. in and like really pu- like putting on a show for know, one dude. of the games. Uh, it might have been. Who knows at this point? Um, but yeah, no, I, I was super confident. I had this feeling. Mm. I knew Dustin was going to win, but I after the press conference, I was like, this might be ugly. I thought, uh, and that's what I said. I said it even before the press conference. I thought Dustin was going to beat the shit out of him. And I thought it was going to be a first round knockout. And honestly, two out of the three judges judged the first round as a 10-8 round. Yeah. Uh, and all intents and purposes, it was definitely a 10-8 round. They heard yeah. could have called that. I mean, he could have called that shit. Yeah. To be honest. And, and I saw I saw a clip and it was like McGregor threw like a front leg kick. And when he landed on it, you can just see that. What was it, his shin or his ankle? You can it just was like see his it lower, was like shin. You know, yeah. Towards his you ankle. could see that it was buckling already right there. And like, then, you know, uh, obviously Poirier like kicked him there and uh, right. even pointed at like, oh, or I think well, he might yeah. check them, but well, point was like, oh, I know that's hurt. Like, well, Dustin it was said kind he, of obvious for the people in like, I feel in the octagon. Right. Dustin claimed that it was, um, that it was he he basically fractured it from a, a check from his like Dustin checked one of his kicks and it, he kicked him in the knee or something but you can see like the kick before that because that was the kick where Dustin pointed at him but right before that uh Connor threw a kick and it hit his elbow and I was like that had to have been what, what yeah. done it but I think uh, man I think we learned a lot and I think people uh, and trust me I know a lot of the casuals and, uh, and I'm not necessarily criticizing people because it's like, it's like boxing, you know, when, whenever Floyd would fight, people would watch. It is what it is. Yeah. But like people weren't watching. He's a draw. You're, you're, you're not watching like Julio Cesar Chavez. You're not watching no mm. random ass, like Manny Pacquiao fighting some random person. Like even though Manny Pacquiao's a, a, a you know, a famous boxer, like pe- the casuals aren't watching a Manny Pacquiao random ass fight. No. He's no Canelo. So you have Connor and he's fighting, you know, he's fighting Dustin Poirier and he's trying to like invoke like the old like demeanor and all that. It, it's, it, it's phony. And it's nowadays had it does not convinced. work. It's not. He had me a little work. convinced, man. I don't know. Connor, the lead up to the fight was weird. So like the lead up to the fight, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. I want to see the press conference first. I want to see what Connor's going to do on like social media, what he what type of interviews he's going to do. I want to see what Connor's got to say first. Cause yet again, if Connor came in all humble, like I think I mentioned this on the last uh, podcast, but like if Connor came in all humble, no, Poirier is going to win this. I almost think it might be, it's kind of hard to explain. I almost think that Connor made it almost too personal this time. 
Same with, like, the uh, Khabib fight. Like, I feel like Connor, when he tries to, like, go to, like, his notorious self, he's almost, like, trying to overdo it to an extent because he exactly. knows that's just not him anymore. He's not that guy anymore. He's trying to, like, over, like be overzealous exactly. about it. And, and honestly, he had me and a lot of us fooled because when I saw that, and you know, he was talking, like, oh, P-head, I'm going to kill you. Your wife's in my DMs, bullshit like right. that. I was like... I don't know, man, because, like, even, like, Dustin Poirier has admitted, like, in the past that he got in his head. So, you know, I didn't know. Maybe he might have striking a little PTSD in that. That was what <laughs> he had. me. He had me convinced. But obviously, 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 no. He just pissed off a very already angry and better fighter. And that's what we saw. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole thing is, like, Dustin in the very first fight said, oh, well, Connor, you know, he did get in my head. And there's even a, an interview from uh, of or like of Connor from like right after that fight, like a month or two after that fight. And he says, like, as humble as he can be, because he's not the guy that he was at his peak at that point. He's yeah. still on that path. And, and Connor goes, uh, you know, I found it very weird that he said that he never that he disliked me more than anyone he's ever fought because we don't have this beef. But somehow, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Connor was just able to get into his head without really trying. But yeah, he goes away. He obviously reaches the heights he does, and he goes and fights Floyd. And you know he's away. Yeah, and you he know, prepares to fight uh, Manny Pacquiao. But but while he was doing that, Dustin was 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 exactly went to work, put his hard hat on, like like Connor said, he put issue, his hard hat man. on and, and went to work. And, and and you saw it, like you just said, this weekend, like Dustin mm-hmm. was the tougher and the better fighter. And it, it, yeah, you know, nothing's changing. He, in he round wanted two. to win it more. He he's wanted to win that out. fight more. He's knocking him out in round two. There's no way that that fight is changing. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I Man, there was a time where he was throwing elbows, and I thought they were going to call it then. Yeah, like, I mean, he could have got him. He had him on the ground the, essentially the entire fight. But, like, I almost think it was kind of like uh, the first fight where McGregor came out and didn't look that bad. He started, you know, landing some kicks. You know, he was throwing some punches, one. and you're like, yeah. yeah. But both the second one, and I thought for, like, oh, the yeah, first yeah. minutes of the last fight, like, when he came out, I thought he came out looking pretty good. Right. And then just, yeah, Poirier pretty much just absolutely picked him apart. It's going to be interesting to see where Connor goes, man, because I, I thought it was, I thought this was the coldest line. Like, bro, the th- that's the thing about, like, in, in the UFC is like, it's when you're like cutting a promo, I feel like it's so much more like it just cuts a little deeper because it's real. You yeah, know what I mean? It's you, not, it's yeah, wrestling. it's, and he said, you really did that. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, karma's not a bitch. She's a mirror. Talking about Connor. Connor. Literally the night before, you're gonna go out on a stretcher. Uh, da, 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 and who goes mm-hmm. out on the stretcher? Uh, that's crazy to me. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, it's just poetic. But I, I, th- I I'm mean, looking forward to. I think McGregor probably's got like a maybe a Masvidal or like a Rafael dos Anjos. Like when he comes I back, I don't know why, him. but Michael Chandler just keeps on popping in my head. I feel like that would be a mm. huge draw of a fight. Chandler would whoop his ass, but I. I feel like that's a. That, I don't think Connor would take that's that. That's got potential, like, man. You don't think he would? I don't think he would. I feel like I feel I like Connor would just try that. the same bullshit, though. I feel like he would pretty much just take him as another Poirier. No, because would just try to do the same head games to him. No, nah, because I have this feeling that Michael Chandler, what Michael Chandler would do, uh, is he would just take him down and like sit on him or whatever, and then it would you just wrestle him the whole time and be like, yeah. I just want to get my win against Connor. Like I'm just getting his win mm. against Connor. I'm gonna guarantee it because you know first round is when he's most dangerous so let me just wear him yeah. down but that's enough with the ufc i think uh you know for now ufc'd out i feel like we're ufc yeah, but, out for a while but there's yeah, a main I mean, card for a couple weeks so we're 
Yeah, I mean, obviously you got a big fight and with the interim heavyweight championship in August, but I mean that's as big as it gets with Poirier yeah. McGregor. And I think Poirier put himself on the map a little differently. I think he he started he's he's I think he did too, already man. had started to, but I think he's now in. I think he's it, like you got to think about it. Connor made Khabib a star. Like people know Khabib. Yeah. And Khabib I mean, that's a, what I mean. Like, you know, hate Connor all you want, but he kind of does elevate. Like, when you beat Connor McGregor, it, it yeah. kind of elevates your career. Exactly. And that's it, what I'm it's saying. Kind it's, of, like, it's really impressive to see, honestly, that he's just like, when, you know, Notorious really is the perfect nickname for Connor McGregor, honestly. Yeah. And I think it's just a, a testament to, like, uh, it really is uh, like a pro wrestling sort of scenario with them, where it's yeah. like, they come back and they hate each mm-hmm. other and then it's all reconciled. And then it's like, they fight again. And now it's all no, the charity cl- stuff. It a, and it was a classic crazy. feud. It was a classic feud. Honestly, like you creative couldn't book it any better. Right. But I'm looking forward to Connor's next fight. Hopefully he gets better. Mm-hmm. I mean, he needs to humble himself a little bit. Uh, I don't want McGregor just to keep losing. I want him to win. A, like I want him yeah. to go out strong when he finally does retire. Bro, exactly. I think he should just, but to me, I'm like a jobber and just retire because you're not fighting any of these. Bro, fight Jake Paul and make a hundred million dollars and then walk away and win and then look like a like a like you'll be as over as you ever were because you knocked out someone. It would be the biggest face turn of all time. It really would. And to be honest, if Jake Paul can beat Tyron Woodley somehow, then Connor look even more. He would look even better after after that. But let's let's. Let's uh let's move on. We, we we're all UFC now. I mean, like we're we're yeah three weeks in. It was such a crazy build up to the fight and stuff, but it was like the most anticipated fight in recent. Really was crazy, man. Uh, but man. last night we have the NBA Finals, the Bucks even the series at home. Ah man, I I just like I don't know how to feel um about the series because I'm like I just think every team every like it doesn't matter if it's the Bucks or the Suns, whatever team is home is gonna win to me i I don't know yeah i I, honestly the way this series is going i won't be surprised so like suns and seven i guess because i both these teams have such like a crazy like they play so much better on home court they have a crazy home court advantage they feel it feels like they want to win it more like i thought it was like i kind of thought it was wild that the suns won both games at home kind of like fairly like you know decisively and then going into game three the bucks were like a six and a half favorite i was like huh it's that's crazy how like home court advantage really does like put that much of a, uh, you know, a deciding factor in games like this. Yeah. And I don't know, man, I just like with the Suns, it's, it's weird for me. Cause I feel like people are grasping onto them as like, like they're like America's team right now. Like people are pulling for the Suns. Oh, they are than, America's team right now. Like They're pulling for the Suns more than they are the Bucks right now. And, it, and it, it's really weird. Like, I, and, and to be honest, I, I kind of noticed it in the, you know, the game one and game two and, that may or may not be due to the fact that I bet on the Bucks to win both of those games and they lost mm. both of those games and I lost, you know, cold, hard cash on that on those games. But you hate to say it's some things, man. Last night, that Devin Booker no call. It's like, bro, y'all are just showing your ass right now. Like y'all want the Suns to win. And I know the NBA wants the Suns to win because you got Book. He's 24. He's dating a Kardashian Jenner or whatever. A, a Jenner. Yeah. You got exactly. Chris Paul, the old grizzled vet who's climbed the up the mountain commercials. Top. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got Jay Crowder, boss man. Not, no, I'm kidding. 
Um, no one cares about Jay, Jay Crowder. Yeah, like, you got Montrez Harrell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one uh, is, is, is looking to the Suns for inspiration, but for some reason I feel like the NBA is, con- is convinced that they are this uh, – they're the up-and-coming team. And, and trust me, they're going to be good for years to come. I don't think they're about to be some powerhouse. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, whatever. But my thing is you got Giannis, a guy that's like 26, 27 years old, who's got – any personal accolade that you can think of and he's finally got his team to the finals on and Uh and and they go down oh two they've gone down oh two to the nets who was like the nets were the super team with katie and Kyrie and james harden they come back from down oh two win that series and then they beat the hawks after losing i think it was game one or whatever and then they lose two games in phoenix tied up in Milwaukee, and look, I am not a Giannis guy. I'm not a Bucks guy at all. Yeah, but no. I'm starting. It's starting to get to the point where it's like, yo, like we got to start recognizing what the hell Giannis is doing. I'm sorry, but like, it's impressive what he's doing. And like, I just feel like I I, I know that the the home team is going to have the advantage in in, in the series, or whatever. But I think now I feel like the Bucks have solved. I feel like they finally yeah. like solved the Suns in terms of like they're just going to feed Giannis the whole time. And it's like, bro, stop him. Try to stop. Mm-hmm. I do have to, before I put a take, uh, correct myself. I said Montrez Harrell. I meant to say Jay Crowder. They're kind of a very similar looking people. And my brain just immediately said, you know why I said Montrez Harrell? Cause I think he was like saying some like weird things about how like size matchups don't count or something. And I read it this morning. So Montrez Harrell was on the brain, but just confirming, <laughs> no, meant to say Jay Crowder, Montrez <laughs> Harrell, not on the Suns. <laughs> Jay Crowder, uh, underrated. Um, I feel like he's he doesn't get enough credit for just being like a solid contributor to like yeah exactly. many teams like recently competitive teams like the Celtics and uh like bro in the uh, Western Conference Finals he hit like five threes in one game against the Clippers and I was just like why is this man going off right now? Yeah, it makes no sense. No, yeah. I feel I've disrespected Jay Crowder and also to an extent disrespected Montrez Harold. So apologies. <laughs> I mean, with this, with the finals, I think the Bucks got it. I think that's that. I think my take still could be Suns in seven. I don't know. I like, I really do think, I honestly think both teams win away game. I think, I think here's my, you know, Mike prediction. That'd Bucks be crazy. Win next game. Bucks win next game goes three two. Suns, you know, Suns, you know, tied up win the championship in Phoenix. That'd be nuts. That happen. I think it'd be crazy. I, I think both teams win an away game. I really do. Now, nah, but uh, we should talk about your boy, though. Ben Simmons. Oh, my boy, Ben Simmons. Your boy. Yeah. Uh, on the uh, the old trade block. On the old trade block. Yeah. So I know we were, you know, we were talking uh, yesterday off the pod, you know, just having a friendly conversation. And we brought up like a trade package that was offered or that's rumored to be offered or speculated to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I think it's for Buddy Heald. I forget who the second, who's the second player they had in it. It was Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley. It was Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and a f- uh, future first and potential future firsts. And I feel like we both had very different ta- outlooks on this trade package. You said way too much, and if I'm the Sixers, I'm not taking that. That's crazy to me. That's wild. I, like, I, to me, I think you guys – to me, I think you guys would have to throw in, like, Thigh Bull or Maxi to get that because it's like, 
Marvin I, Bagley. I Marvin, ba- all right, well, Buddy Hield, you're getting a certified shooter. You're getting a certified score. The guy, a guy that can drop 20 yeah. plus a game. And then with Marvin Bagley, you're getting a dude that's 22 who didn't pan out uh, in the first couple of years when he was 19, 20, and 21 in the NBA or whatever. I don't, I'm not sure if those are exact years, but dude, he was a one and done. It coming no, out of college. There's no disrespect to either of these players. This dude is a third package. overall. He's a third overall pick, dude. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. No, like, I, trust me, I understand. Uh, I understand. It's a very good trade package. It's something and, that if I'm the Sixers, I at least consider. But Ben but Simmons' trade I, value is as low as it's ever been. As, as ever. Been. I still, I still did, as it's ever been. But I still think as it's ever been is still fairly high. I feel like the Sixers are in a spot know. right now, which. Despite, you know, myself included, all of us, you know, running. We want Ben out of town. We want Ben out of town. I've had some time to think about it. Ben Simmons being on the Sixers next year isn't the worst thing in the world. And the reason it's not the worst thing in the world is like, oh, no. Our, you know, perennial all-star defense, uh, like defensive player of the year candidate. Our 20, what is he, 26-year-old that's locked up for another two, like two or three 24. years under, under contract. My theory is just like he's not something you really need to move, but if teams are willing to, you know, pay up, then I'm asking for the highest price. And if you know the Kings, if that's what they're going to offer, I say, all right, who wants to offer us more? Because we don't have to get rid of them. And my thing about the Ben Simmons, uh, you know, trade scenario right now is that if I'm the Sixers, I don't trade Ben Simmons unless I'm getting a player better than Ben Simmons in the package. It could be a hundred starting players that are all good players and they're all average, like, you know, high teens to 20 points. They could be great, phenomenal players. But if I'm the Sixers right now, I want a number two with Joel Embiid because we've seen that Ben Simmons is not that guy. So if I'm trading Ben Simmons, I don't want to get a player worse than Ben Simmons in return. I would rather package Ben Simmons and try to go for someone who can be that number two. So like in my theory, like, I don't think the Sixers should accept anything of lesser value for Ben Simmons, at least get an all-star in return, which is what they're asking for. And I, I agree with that. So to me, like Tobias Harris is better than Buddy Heald. So okay. Ben Simmons, you're trading him. And if you're going to trade Ben Simmons, you're going to get Buddy Heald and uh, Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald could be a third. Uh, you could bump, Tobias Harris workload up and then you can have Buddy Heald be that third guy or whatever uh and then have Martin Bagley as your project then that's fine but which is which is fine main, but, and but I... when you have the main piece that you're getting rid of being a project that's this is the difference between this package with the Kings I'm talking about is where you got Buddy Heald and Martin Bagley and Buddy Heald certified he could be your third score or whatever and then you got Martin Bagley who's a project but then you got Ben Simmons is going to be traded for them, but he's a project in his own right. He's 24 and he has no idea what player he's going to be. And no, so that's you're a going fair to trade point. Him, no, it's you're a going very to get, fair point. Exactly. But if you're going to get a better player than Buddy Heald or having the added bonus of having a project of Marvin Bagley that could turn into who knows what, you're going to have to package a maxi or. To, well, a, that's what I said. That's why I mean, I would rather. I'm going to, get, like, I'm going to you need somebody like you're going to get Paul George. What, but like, that's fine. He's yeah, better I mean, than Ben Simmons. If I'm the Sixers right now, the only way I'm trading him, and like yet again with like, trust me, Ben Simmons is a work in progress, and I don't know if there's much more work to be made. But the thing with Ben Simmons, though, 
is he's still really, really good at basketball, even with his issues. Yeah, he can't shoot. Yeah, he doesn't hit free throws. My Honestly, my biggest uh, thing with Ben Simmons, and the thing I think that is his biggest downfall right now, he's not aggressive. If he was aggressive, he can make up for not being able to shoot. If he drove the paint more, he can make up for not being able to shoot. If he just, like, you know, attempted to score points in, you know, maybe the fourth quarter, he would be much better. It doesn't matter that he can't shoot if he's at least trying to be aggressive because he's still getting, like, at least almost a triple-double a game by pretty much not playing offense. He's only shooting the ball or only even attempting to go to the basket if that is the only option available. And I think that's Ben Simmons' biggest downfall right now. So if Ben Simmons fixes that, I have no issue with him being on the 76ers. However, he hasn't fixed it yet. That's why I want to ship him out. But when it still comes down to it, he has all those issues, but still is a really, really, really good basketball player. So, like, I, I don't know. The Ben Simmons thing, while he's an issue, and I would prefer if we had a person not named Ben Simmons on the team who, you know, was still, you know, the number two to Joel Embiid, a real number two, you know, an all-star, he, you know, his, his sidekick, the Robin to his Batman. But if it comes next year and, you know, maybe we like pick up a couple guys, like, you know, maybe Kyle, we bring Kyle Lowry and we finally get Kyle Lowry. Yay. And Ben Simmons is still on the team. I, I'll be fine with that. However, my thing with the Ben Simmons stuff, and this is like, we can be done talking about it now or after this, but with my like final point with Ben Simmons is, if we're not getting a better player or at least a player of the same caliber. And by that, I mean like a guy who will like a perennial all-star, someone who, even though he will be a reserve and he might be like one of the later guys picked, he's still making the all-star team. He's still like a somewhat respected player in the league. If we're not getting that guy in return, I just don't see the value in training Ben Simmons right now, unless he get an upgrade. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, I, th- I just think it's a weird spot because like he is a proven like good contributor to a team that's competitive, yeah. but at the same time, he's a project because you don't know what he's going to be in five years. Like you, you just, you don't really know how he's going to develop his game. Cause he hasn't really done much of that, you know, to this point or whatever. Um, but yeah. I, I agree. I think, I think it's, I like personally, I think it's in y'all's like in the, in the Sixers best interest of getting rid of him. And uh, moving on from Ben Simmons, but with that, which if that happens, whatever. Like, exactly, it's not the you worst never think yeah. in the world. It's it's really not. But I will say, uh, your I was gonna say your, but they're not your. But the Tampa Bay Lightning, they win the cup. Oh, they're yours. The I'm the hockey guy. I'm, I'm yeah. the hockey fan. So it's mine. <laughs> you got to claim all the hockey. Uh, all the I hockey. do have to claim all the hockey, man. Yeah, they won. They won in decisive fashion, man. They won in five. I said. It was I said, a weird like, format. Ago. Yeah. Uh, like but I said, uh, no, the divisions were very weird. Seeing uh, Montreal and Tampa in the finals was very weird. And I was just like, huh, this kind of is weird. It's not a Western Conference team. But whatever, North Division, they sucked all year anyway. Uh, but, uh, but like, I don't know. It was a very decisive win. And I know, like, two podcasts ago, we said more than likely this series is going to be over by the time we record our next podcast. And it was, so we didn't bring it up. So I feel like we at least have to somewhat talk about it. Uh, you know, Tampa won. Obviously, I don't think it, that was really a, anyone who really convinced themselves Montreal was going to win is just they were living in a fantasy land. They were not beating Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is way too good. But, Joe, I don't know if you've seen, but I think the biggest stories coming out of this uh, Tampa win the cup is watching Nikita Kucherov just do what crazy Russians do, man. When these Russian players win the Stanley Cup, 
they go batshit berserk, and I love it. Like, we saw Ovechkin, you know, win the cup, like, in the fountain, you know, going crazy, you know. We saw Ovechkin pretty much just stay on a bender for enti- the entire offseason. And I think Nikita Kucherov's about to do the same thing. Have you seen, like, any of the clips of him uh, after the Stanley Cup, like, celebrating? No. So, the first thing he did is uh, the press conference right after the Stanley Cup, he's obviously, like, very already belligerently drunk. And you have to realize, this is the press conference. This is only, like, maybe an hour after the game ended. Like, they go in the locker room, they celebrate, and then, you know, they have to go do media for a little bit, and then they go back and continue to party. He's already belligerently drunk. He comes out with his shirt off, and he just starts cutting a promo on literally everybody. Like, so he starts talking about, he calls out Marc-Andre Fleury pretty much. For why? I don't know. He said, uh, Vasilevsky deserved the Vesna over that goalie in Vegas. Couldn't even say his name. So showing, <laughs> like throwing weird shade at Marc-Andre Fleury for some reason. And then uh, he's like starts 45. Yeah, he's like calling out like this old guy. Like, yeah, it's good he won the Vezina, man. Like, he's going to be done in a couple years. Let him have this. Vasilevsky will win another one. I promise you, brother. But uh, and then he starts calling out the Montreal fans because Montreal won the previous game in overtime. And he was like, then you got all these Montreal fans acting like they won the Stanley Cup after winning one game. What's that? What's that? It's embarrassing. Like, right after they just beat them in the Stanley Cup, just starts pretty much shitting all over their fan base. And then it continues. Then there's videos of him. So, like, you know how they do the, um, they do, like, the boats. They're all on the jet skis and the boats yeah. in Tampa when they do their parade. Well, they did it again this year. And yet again, he's sitting there on the boat. He's getting interviewed by this guy. And he's, like, shirtless. And it's very funny because it's him, um, Mikhail Sergachev, so another Russian player. And I couldn't tell who was the third player, but it was, like, almost a posse. And they were just standing around this reporter. And Nikita Kucherov, yet again, was kind of just cutting on a promo how he was like, we're the best team in the world. We won two Stanley Cups. Who's going to beat us? Like, we keep on winning these Stanley Cups. We're going to keep winning them. And then at the end, <laughs> he takes his like his beer and literally like shakes the beer and like pours it on the reporter's head. <laughs> like, <laughs> like right after the interview. But like in a weird, not dickish way. Like it was like... Like, obviously, the reporter was probably pissed, but, like, it was more so, like, we just won the Stanley Cup. You also should get drunk. I'm pouring this in. (laughs) It was very weird. It was, like, a weird, like, was he being a dick or was he just trying to, like, party with the reporter? I don't know what's happening right now. There's, like, a cultural difference, man. No, there really is. But these Russians, man, they win the Stanley Cup and they just go batshit berserk, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember, like, when the Caps won and, like, they were like in the fountains with with the jeans yeah. on. They had the audacity to wear jeans <laughs> and and a belt, and would like would just pull their shirts off and they're. I want to say, wasn't he wearing like a Nats jersey while he was uh, doing it too? I believe he the reason was. I want to say they were going to the Nats game that day because I remember there was the video of they went to that Nats game and they're all just in the press box just get like pretty because much. I'm trying to think. I don't though, think they watched one inning of baseball. I I, I believe their cup like celebration because like when when does the Stanley Cup before COVID? When does it usually go off? It's in June, right? Isn't it it's usually done. It's usually done in June, yes, because July first is when free agency hits. So it's usually done like June. So yeah, they there's was it a was, Nats playoff game. I was thinking maybe because I don't know uh, the Caps were the 2018, but I don't know. I don't think that they were 2017 to 2018. I think it was like 2018 to 2019. <sighs> I'm I don't know who who knows. All I know is the Nationals. I don't feel like thinking. 2019. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's before weird. we wait. 
before we move on to hockey, can I just tell you some of the crazy, like, nonsense that's been going 100%. on in the NHL right now? I was teasing this before we recorded because these are all names you're going to recognize. So let me just throw out two names. Zach Parise, Ryan Suter. Do you know them? Yes. Are you aware of them? You know, but when you think of those players, you think they're like, oh, I know those guys are good hockey players, right? Well, I think just two days ago or three days ago, um, the Minnesota Wild bought both their contracts out. So they are both free agents now. So a little crazy. Uh, they've both been underperforming, but I don't know if they really deserve being bought out. And it's kind of ironic because they both signed the same day and they're like best friends. They wanted to go to their hometown in Minnesota. They want to bring a cup and none of that happened. They get bought out. Second player. Jake Voracek, you know, Jake Voracek, yeah. you know, Philadelphia flyer, you know, Jacoby, real funny guy on Twitter. More than likely the flyers are going to leave him uh, open for the expansion draft and Seattle potentially is going to take him. And if they don't, we're trading his ass. Why? So, makes two. He just makes a lot of money and like, he's good. He is good. I like Voracek a lot. Very funny guy. I have a Voracek jersey. Always been one of my favorites, but the way the flyers are right now, we have to make a move. And in order to like make a move, we have to clear up cap space. So it's either Voracek or JVR. And right now Van Riemsdyk's the better player. So Voracek, his ass is on the way out. I got another player for you. Duncan Keith. You know, Duncan Keith. Yeah. Didn't he, uh, yeah. He was on the Stanley uh, Cup the champion. Yeah. yeah. Stanley Cup champion. Blackhawks won a couple Norses in his years. He's been traded to the Oilers. So Duncan Keith is now on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he got traded for a dude named Caleb Jones, Seth Jones' brother, because Chicago is going to try to trade for Seth Jones, which pisses me off because the Flyers were supposed to, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, so those are three names that I've just said that, you know, they're all notable names. Those aren't even the two craziest things that's happened in the past 24 hours, though. Vladimir Tarasenko. Do you know who that is? You're, you're aware, yeah, you know, yeah, on the yeah. St. Louis Blues, you know, right. uh, another, you know, Russian scoring goals. I'm sure he went crazy in their Stanley Cup run, too. St. Louis is about to ship his ass out, and he put, like, a 10-trade list out. Flyers are on it. Let's go. And the last name that I have to say, which is probably the craziest one, considering what you really, like, considering recent events, Shea Weber. You know Shea Weber, right? Yeah, the old uh, the, the old defenseman, the guy that was probably seven foot five. He was on the Predators, on the uh, <laughs> he's on the, on the Canadians, yeah. on the Montreal Canadiens. It sounds like they're gonna leave him unprotected in the uh, expansion draft. He's I, their I saw captain right now. I was gonna say I saw something about him maybe uh, retiring though. Well, what happened is like they found out that he pretty much was playing on like really severe, I think knee, wrist. I think it was like severe. No, I think it was like severe ankle and wrist injuries and had a broken thumb. And they're like, all three of those injuries are things that could take you potentially a year to heal from. So like the Canadians are like, well, I mean, if he's not good, he might just not be playing hockey anymore. We have to expose him. But if I'm Seattle, I'm going, yo, I don't care. If, like, I don't care if Shea Weber retires. I can't just not take Shea Weber. We just yeah. saw what he did in the Stanley Cup finals. He was really good for Montreal. Yeah, and I feel like he's always been a guy that's been like super. He was always the guy because I remember like the NHL always had a super interesting like format for their All Star game, and I always remember like he would always be in like the fastest shot uh, hey, stuff. Yeah, time for hardest shot. Yeah, Shea yeah. Weber would go up there, and uh, I, I know there was one where he beat Zdeno Char, and they both like shot like. 108 miles an hour. Yeah. It was like holy shit! Like it was nuts. I was gonna say because I always remembered. Um, I always remembered being like, "Up, oh, dude!" Like the hardest thing in sports is like hitting a, uh, you know, a fastball or whatever. But I'm like, dude, these goalies are getting these guys are maybe what 20 yards, not even mm -hmm. you know, 
15, 10, 15 yards away from them, just yeah. shooting at uh at a clip of like 115 miles an hour with this frozen solid puck that just does not sound <laughs> pleasant at all, even with pads. Dude, Shea Weber, uh, I think it was during the 2014 Olympics, I think, he shot a hole through the net. They were like kicking somebody's ass, probably like Austria or somebody. He took a slap shot and like, it was weird because like the puck went through and everyone was like, wait, do we keep playing this? Because we're pretty sure that went in. And they look and he just shot a puck, ripped it directly through the net. God, that's like, insane. Yeah, he's <laughs> absolutely like nuts. It's that's but crazy. it's crazy, man. So like, yeah, little hockey update. Things are getting batshit crazy. The expansion drafts uh next week. So like potentially we could have it, you know, maybe talk expansion draft and then right after entry draft. So at the very least, Maybe not next episode, but the following episode, we're gonna have to talk a little bit of hockey because there's gonna be some Definitely. crazy, crazy things going on this offseason, man. It's already it's already been crazy, and no real moves besides Duncan Keith's happened yet. So it's like, oh, I was gonna, gonna say, I I saw on I was watching Sports Center the other day, and on the bottom line, on the ticker, uh, it, it said that he got traded. I was like, I know that name, so I know he has to be pretty popular because like, bro, I don't know the uh, I don't know the mid Carters and the NHL. Um, but with that perfect time to move on to the best bets. Um, I think we should probably, I think we'll, we'll incorporate this as like a little segment, probably every episode because Mm -hmm. we've been doing it, um, even off, off words. We did it for UFC 264. Um, and then we did it for the home run derby as well, bro. But like some events, like, like the all-star game last night, that shit's impossible to bet. There's no way you make money off of the all-star game. Um, even the NBA finals, it's just, I mean, like. The NBA Finals is just so I don't know. I just feel like the whistle favors whoever you know is is home or whatever you know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being bitter, and it probably is. Uh, but our best bets segment for this week is going to be our top three. Uh, each me and Mike's top three picks for the NFL MVP for this season. Um, preseason odds just kind of dropped. It's heading towards training camp and all these offseason uh, summer activities starting for the NFL. So I think it would be the perfect time to, yeah. you know, put in our best value fun to start, you know, teasing football, right? At least, you know, put a little tease of football in there. So I'll go with my, uh, I'll start off my first pick for the most, uh, I think this has got the most value for the NFL MVP in 2021 to 2022. And I think that that is Deshaun Watson plus 3,300. I am probably a heel for saying that. And look, oh, yeah, you're a dick for that. I wow. I'm an asshole, I guess. Well, for saying Dick into until pro- proven not innocent. All right, That's right. Not, yeah. So he look. This is a man who is innocent until proven guilty, and I am not saying that he is innocent by any means. But I'm saying if this guy plays football, if, if Deshaun Watson plays football and quarterbacks the Houston Texans for 17 or games, anyone else or anyone, or anyone else. else for 17 games because there is an 18 game schedule this season, I'm taking him because look, ESPN came out with their top 10 quarterback list like uh two weeks ago and they just didn't have this guy on the list for politically correct reasons which is stupid as shit because Man. i know deshaun watson's a top five quarterback and i am not this has nothing to do with any of that stuff when deshaun watson is playing football he's a top five quarterback i don't know how that is a crazy statement to say look if this dude did what he's accused of doing he's a piece of shit and i'm not you know he could get off my list you know but if he does play 17 games this season in the NFL, 17 games out of 18 weeks, I'm sorry, but Deshaun Watson 
at plus 3,300 is crazy odds not to take him because he's going to be the reason why the Texans win every game because they stink and he's a top five quarterback in the league. And I, I don't think that that's a hot take. And I don't think that that's an offensive thing to say uh, by any means. I think everybody's a man, you know, you got to be judged. Everybody's got to answer to the man at one point, but Deshaun Watson, if he plays football, this is a purely football question. If he plays football at plus 3,300 for an MVP, yeah, I'm taking Deshaun Watson. He's a top five quarterback in the league. Like, what are we talking about? So pretty much what you're saying right now is that you're really going to stick it to cancel culture and you're going to go with, uh, you go up to Sean. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if this guy plays, I'm saying if this guy plays 17 games, how am I not going to put money on him at plus 3,300? I mean, that's like, that's just insane <laughs> value. That's like, that's like Patrick Mahomes gets in a hit and run or something. And he just drops to like plus a thousand. It's like, obviously you're going to put money on him. Yeah. Like, fair enough i mean it's actually actually funny because uh just a little tidbit because we're you know made a cancel culture joke (laughs) do you see twitter was trying to cancel ted bundy the other day (laughs) you know like the serial killer (laughs) ted bundy (laughs) he was like he was like trending because like some new uh some like there's a new movie coming out about him and like, you know, all these Ted Bunny movies, some, for some reason, try to make him seem like he was like this real, you know, likable dude. Like he was like, guy, all the yeah. ladies loved him. <laughs> like Twitter was Twitter, Twitter essentially canceled Ted Bundy. And I thought it was probably one of the most like outlandish and funniest things I've seen. Cause it's like, how do you cancel a dude who I, I feel like he's already been canceled. <laughs> I feel like Ted Bundy has yeah. been canceled. <laughs> I don't think anyone looks at Ted Bundy and just goes like, yeah, man, I really like that guy. <laughs> But uh, but yeah. Um, off of cancel culture, on to my my number three best bet. And I I do want to clarify when we say Wait, this it'll be best first, bet. right? It'll be your... Well, this is my oh, number three because I do okay. have a top. I, it's more of like a three, two, one of like the okay. likely of who's actually going to win it. And so honestly, my I'm least going in likely. That well. That's I'm what going I mean. In so world. my least likely at plus thirty three hundred. I feel like this is probably a heel one too because I know he's a very unlikable guy. I'm going Baker Mayfield. I think if the Browns have a good seat, I, <laughs> I mean, unlikable I, for different reasons. But. <laughs> uh, no, very different reasons. But you know, he's more of like a Pete Alonzo unlikable, right? Exactly. I, I think he's a little cooler than Pete Alonzo, but he's the same, you know, same category of dislikable. Right. But I don't know. I think if the Browns have like themselves an like a pretty good year and like make it fairly far in the playoffs. He has the weapons to throw to. I agree. We've seen Baker Mayfield have really good football games. We've watched that dude go out there and ball out, but then other games he goes out there and looks literally terrible. Duh, he does So, if, up, man, man, if Baker Mayfield can just get it together, plus 3,300, I think, is just too good to, you know, not even at least throw, like, 10 bucks on it. Exactly. Like, it's exactly. an outlandish thing, but I think Baker Mayfield's at least got the talents and he's got the surrounding cast around him that it could happen. I mean, yeah, I agree because he's got the receivers. He's got Landry. He's got that, he's got he's, he's got, got Odell. Chubby, you know, he's got Chubb. He's got uh, Kareem Hunt. He's got Njoku. I mean, he's got he's Austin got Cooper. the pieces he's got the to be good he's and, got a, the and a good offensive good. line. Um, he, for 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 my uh, second pick, uh, kind of on the same note uh, with the young quarterbacks, I'm going Justin Herbert plus eighteen hundred. I like that. Because I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Chargers. And I think uh, with me saying that a lot of people are sleeping on the Chargers, it kind of goes into this kind of uh, recurring thought that I have in terms of the like MVP predictions and stuff. Like, 
if, if you perform good or very good and you're the quarterback of a team that is not notoriously good, if you're the quarterback exactly. of a team like the Chargers or a team like the Browns, the Browns or a exactly, team yeah. like the Jets or anyone or anyone, the Giants, you know, anyone. Uh, and, I, and I mean, I know the Giants have won two Super Bowls, but they haven't been good recently. So when you're a quarterback of a team that is expected to do nothing and then they do something, you're automatically up on, on this yeah. list. And I feel like the Chargers, people sleep on them. Justin Herbert had a great rookie year. He's in a competitive division. Uh, division. I think he could be the uh, he could be that guy that is constantly feuding with Patrick Mahomes because I think the Chargers are built like that. I really do. So uh, for me, my number two pick is going to be Justin Herbert. I think that's crazy value, and I think he's really good. Yeah. I think he's on the path to being a really good, a damn good quarterback. Yeah, I mean – that yeah, I can't argue all of that or any of that. Yeah, Justin Herbert at plus eighteen hundred really is a great because like like you said, if they do even fairly decent and go somewhat exactly. farther than they're supposed to, there's a fair shot. I mean, like people are gonna vote him just to be like, wow, this dude really you know brought the Chargers to the playoffs. They want to like they won a couple games maybe. Like I don't know that I do like that though. But for um for my second one, same odds plus eighteen hundred, and it's Lamar Jackson, and I think uh. And I think that Lamar Jackson plus 1800 is absolutely wild because like this dude just won MVP a couple years ago. Like it's not, he's not that much on like off his MVP season. Like he's still pretty much the same player he is. Just he wasn't as good last year. What's to say he won't be just as good as he was his MVP season this year, because we really haven't seen Lamar Jackson play that much football to know what his norm is. Like, right. we've seen his peak, and I feel like we've seen his low lows, like, during that one playoff game where he threw, like, seven passes. I'd say that was his worst NFL game. And we, I don't, I can't see him having a worse game than that. And we've seen his peak. So we don't know what the norm is. Like, we don't know who – I don't think we've seen enough on Lamar Jackson to know exactly what kind of quarterback he's going to be for the rest of his career. And there's a very good chance that he could be, like, a Mike – like, the new Mike Vick, where he's just a constant threat, which he already is currently – and I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't win another couple, like at least one more MVP. And why not this year? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's got all the tools that like makes you a unique like quarterback. And his weak point is like his ability to sit back in the pocket and be a you know a passer. And I don't think that's necessarily a knock on him because it's he it's not like it's it's not like he's bad at doing that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is if he does improve then he's like, you know, a top three quarterback in the NFL. And the year that he was extremely good at sitting back in the pocket and he was uh, using his weapons effectively uh, and being like just just a unique quarterback and his skill set showed he won MVP. So it's like, how can you uh, argue that? That's crazy odds for him to be the the same odds as Justin Herbert. And I think maybe there's the odds makers are thinking, well, he just won. They're not going to give it to the same guy. Maybe that's the thing. But at the end of the day, if he if he rushes for, you know, 10, 15 touchdowns and throws for 20, 25 yeah. and passes you can't not give it to him. Yards, you can't give it to him. You, know, you can't not give it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, my last pick for the best bet for MVP. And I am not ashamed in the slightest bit to say this as my last pick because I think this is a great value. Ryan Fitzpatrick plus – 20,000. I like it. I love it. Bro, look, this is the thing. 
like I said earlier with Justin Herbert, if, if, if the Washington football team goes 12 and four or, or 12 and five or 13 and four or 14 and three, I guess, cause it's 17 games now or whatever. And Terry McLaurin snaps and Curtis Samuel snaps. And we got, you know, Kelvin Harmon and, and these young guys, Antonio Gandy golden, these, these young cats at wide receiver, these guys yeah. are putting up numbers and, and Antonio Gibson puts up numbers in the receiving game. And, you know, even, you know, get the tight ends involved and all that. Like if, if the Washington football team convincingly wins the NFC East and makes a playoff run or whatever, like how could you not give it to Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because it would be he, a hell of a story. And it's a hell of a story. And he's got the luxury of being like the gimmick player, like a meme player where everyone's like, oh, Fitz magic. Oh, he's got the big beard. He's cool. He wear, you know, he, he'll wear a shirt and let his chest hang out. Like, that type of shit people latch on to this guy so if he gives them any sort of reason to name uh to name him the mvp i feel like people will take it and if you go out and terry mclaurin has 1500 yards and curtis samuel has a thousand and logan thomas has you know however many touchdowns or whatever it doesn't matter if you go out and this team convincingly proves himself as a threat in the nfc mm-hmm. he will win the mvp and it will be his his you know he's a gunslinger and it will be all due to him I mean, at plus, what was it, 2,200 20, odds? 20, or, yeah, or 20,000, yes, 22,000 odds. 20 bucks wins you, or, 20 bucks wins you uh, four grand. Yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like you just have to put that. Like, if you don't bet that, I'm going to be disappointed in you because, I, look, is it the most likely scenario in the world? Probably not. But there is a scenario in which that does happen. Like you said, if it does, like, to each their own. if the, if you know the football team comes out and they really do ball out and win, like win themselves a, a decent amount of football games, like really are a team that people look at, like they're going to be tough to play in the playoffs. He'll at least be in the conversation at the exactly. very least. Exactly. With, and you know, I liked it. I like the bias pick. It makes me feel less bad about my last pick. But- and I know I knew that's where you were going, <laughs> but I gotta Let say me. though, the Washington football team. I know we rely on the defense, but if Fitzpatrick goes out and balls out, like he's got to get it. No, nah, look, man, I'm going a biased pick as well because my first one is Dak Prescott plus fourteen hundred. I think that's crazy value, even at third best value, because we saw what this dude can do with this offensive core that we have right now. In those five games, he was on pace to throw for like five thousand yards. Look, our defense was so bad, we probably weren't going to win. weren't going to win all the. Like, I mean, you guys were a botched on some game away from being zero and four. Yes, we were. I mean, uh, but I'm not blaming Dak for that. So I th- here's my thing with Dak right now. I think he's Captain America. He's America's sweetheart right now. Nicest guy in football. Most likable guy in football. You know, people only like dislike him because of the team he plays for. But I think he's got everything in the making to be you know, a sweetheart in voters' eyes if this dude is able to, like, have another season like he was on pace to have last year. Even if the Cowboys, you know, let's say the Cowboys go 10-7 and and make even just the wild card game, and let's say we win one game and lose, I still think he's – I still think that voters will look at that if Dak has another season where, you know, when you're throwing to guys like Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup as your three wide receivers, and then you have – Ezekiel Elliott, who you know, you can give him a nice little screen pass and he might be able to get you a, like 10, 20 yards every once in a while, you know, full dink, the Duncan Dink little plays like that. Same with Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz or uh, uh, Schultz. Uh, 
I think just the Cowboys have enough offensive power. They have arguably one of the best offensive, like, when you look at their offense on paper, I'd say it's arguably a top three offense in the league. And when you have Dak Prescott, you know, throwing the ball to everybody, he's going to pick up touchdowns. He's going to get himself some yards. And I think that the Cowboys can even just do okay and make the playoffs. I think all the story behind Dak Prescott, because let's just be honest, the people who vote are a little biased. A lot of it has to do with who's going to make the best story, who, who deserves it, but who also would, you know, do we want to see it? You know, Dak Prescott, he's been in the media for a very, very long time with his contract. You know, his mom died, his brother died. He got his ass kicked on spring break. Like there's a lot of things like <laughs> there's a lot of things that Dak's, you know, had to deal with right now and had to overcome. You know, he beat Jerry Jones at his own game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was able to make Jerry Jones pay him and not a lot of players are able to do that the way that Dak was able to do it. I think there's enough story behind it. And let's just be honest. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It is America's team. So if he's able to win themselves some football games and if he's able to look like a dominant top five quarterback, like I think he is, I think he's he's going to win an MVP. Why not this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I I cannot like push back on your reasoning, but I'll give you mine. My thing is, I think the dude's a lock for like comeback player of the year. You'd have to do some oh, extraordinary. You'd be you have to do some extraordinary things to win both comeback player of the year and the MVP. You'd have to really deserve the MVP for them to give it to you. You know what I mean? That's but, what I mean. But like, I right. I think I, I think there's potential it's, there. Right. No, definitely, and certainly an interesting list for both. So uh, I went Deshaun Watson, Herbert, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then you went. Uh, I went three? with uh, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott. As my three best bets. Right. So I think two uh, pretty solid lists. And I think speaking of lists, we should uh, get ready. Let's uh, let's explain the list real quick. So the top five homies, me and Joe, we both out, we both, you know, conclude or made a five name list of who we think top five homies are. They might be asking, how does one, you know, describe what a homie is? Well, if you have to ask, then you're not a homie. The thing is with the top five homies is that you just know, like, you just, you kind of just know who's a homie, what's a homie, where's the homies. So our list is based on top five homies. If you don't get it, that's on you because this list is more so, you know, you have to really think about it. You have to think about who the top five homies are. How do these people list into the homies? You know what I mean? and, And there's a, there's a, wide um criteria of what determines what a homie is and it's up for interpretation there's literal so there's some literal there's some yeah. no metaphorical exactly like there, it, exactly. it's open for like like it's as long as you can exactly as long as you can explain and provide valid reasoning as to why someone is an end quote homie then mm-hmm. it's all you know all systems go of course and, of course so i think we should so. uh we should adopt the uh the snake draft, you know, format. Snake draft one two one two one two. I agree. And I, who want who do you want to go first? I I know mine is my like number one is a surefire number one. I don't think it's going to be the same as yours. Uh, well, you see, mine are top five. So, yet again, goes from out of these top five, the number one will of course be who I think is the biggest homie. The fifth right. is who I think is the well, least go, of the homies but, out of the five homies. However, they're still then, top five homies. I agree. So I'll start off then. Let me go with mine because mine, uh, I'll say there's a few names on my list. There's a few homies, I should say, on my list that are one and the same, as in I had 
two names down, but it's like name slash name. So I got yeah, two people as one because they're both homies, but they're also both in the same area, you know, as each other, whatever. So my yeah, first, my my number one out of the top five homies, I got uh, Al Collings slash Robert Kardashian. Uh, if you guys don't know oh. this off the top of the dome, but Al Collings is the guy who was driving <laughs> that white Ford Bronco for my boy, for my boy Orenthal James, my boy, OJ Simpson, my boy, Al Collings was driving him as there was <laughs> LAPD trailing his ass for like 30 yards. And they, I mean, they drove down the whole entire interstate and this man was driving without a fear in his goddamn soul. And he, he was, I didn't even question he, it. He didn't, he didn't care. He was just doing, OJ whatever. probably hopped in said drive. And he said, okay, he was doing whatever he could for his boy, OJ Simpson. And obviously Robert Kardashian I mean, he's the, uh, the the kingpin of this family, but the whole thing is this man decided to go into court with the dream team to defend his boy, Orenthal James Simpson, even though everybody in their goddamn mama knew that this man was definitely guilty, but he was proven innocent, so I won't speak on that. Mike, what see, do you got to say? See, my only argument with uh, the Robert Kardashian one is, how big of a homie can you really be? If OJ fucked his wife, yes, Chloe, Chloe's is OJ's dead. kid. Chloe's OJ's kid. We all know it. We all know it. So I don't know. You know, nah, Rob was a good homie to OJ, but I don't. I don't know if OJ's on the homies list with Rob because how are you gonna do that to your man, man? So I know it's I, not confirmed, I, no. man, but I coincidentally, I coincidentally watched a clip of Howard Stern the other day from like 2015, 2014, where Chloe Kardashian went on, and uh, he asked the same question. You know, this this rumor about OJ being her dad. She's like, no, like he was just Uncle OJ to all of us. And I mean, to, to all of us. And I'm like, all right, look, obviously, if OJ was your pop, you're not going on, you know, Howard Stern and saying and just announcing that, you know, obviously. But yeah, definitely conspiracy that I can buy into. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, this man. dude, OJ. I mean, this dude, OJ is like, I mean, I don't like what I don't like. I don't know. I feel like that's everybody's uh kind of reaction to OJ is kind of like they just don't really know. It's like. How do you receive this guy? OJ is weirdly turned face. He's weirdly he's turned kind face. Of a, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. In though, recent like, years, like he's kind of like this just charming old dude but, on Twitter. But he now. was a guy. Hello, Twitter like, world. I'm like, okay, OJ, what you got to say? But he was a guy that was super over to like the general public. He was on oh my God. random ass shows. And then he kills uh, an like athlete. Arguably one of the best running backs, if not the best running back of all time. And no one talks about that because of, you know, the terrible tragic event he like did. Yeah, but. I mean my whole thing is i don't know how the bull ron i think that's his name um yeah yeah I on his uh, last, name. last name yeah, yeah i don't know uh, but my boy ron his family should have clapped oj i mean like if we're being yeah they should have put a hit out on oj oj you know, I mean, i'm sorry I, I like the guy man uh not oj yeah yeah i was about not to OJ. say yeah, about, yeah Jay, about, like uh, oj awesome. not oj i like his twitter but i don't like the guy uh yeah, Ron, now, what's his name uh God, i gotta look it up now ron's uh dad man his dad be he, he rides for him he's always constantly shitting on OJ, i'd hope man. he i'd hope Impressed. he would i would do the same like who wouldn't do that ron goldman that's what his name was ron goldman. his dad is constantly every moment he gets shitting on oj um i don't even know what which homie are we on did you give your first one or no I haven't given my first homie yet. All right, yeah, we can move on from think... the OJ topic because that's a, a, that's a deeper topic that we can save for another episode. And, you know, 
this one doesn't really need much to, like explaining. This one's pretty obvious. My fifth homie is the rich homie. Rich homie Quan. Dog, of yo, course I he's got to be on, on the list. list. <laughs> of course he's got to be on the list. He's a literal homie, you know. Uh, me, personally, not the biggest fan of uh, Rich Homie Quan's music. However, whenever he's hopping on a track as a feature, he kind of always kills that shit. Rich Homie Quan, easily a top five homie. Easily a top five homie. That's depressing because I had him on there, yeah. Yeah, Rich Homie Quan. I stole Rich Homie from uh, on the list. Did you just have to take Rich Homie off the list? I swear to God, I took him off my list because oh I had him on there. Damn. That's, that's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, Rich Homie, man. I had to steal. That was a value pick I feel I stole. 100%. Uh, I'm going to go my second overall pick for the top five homies. I'm going Mordecai and Rigby. Ooh, Both of them. Ooh. Both Mordecai and Rigby from the regular show. The reason why, because they had this hating ass Benson, this gumball machine constantly down their throat, worrying about what they were doing on their work shift when they were clocking in for their nine to five. But this man pops didn't give a shit what they were doing. So they just pops vibed out. Did their, they did their own thing. They, they just did whatever entertained them, regardless of what Benson's hating ass had to say. And they went in and they took care of business and they were doing whatever, you know, whatever came about. And I think uh, they were both wingmen for each other. That's one. Mm-hmm. But they both had the uh, capacity to do like they would, no matter what the episode was, they were finding some absolute bullshit to get into. So I think by uh, by default, both of them, Honestly, if we were doing like individuals, like these two, Mordecai and Rigby, they're both top five homies. Like they're both yeah. getting in the top five. No, I'm they sorry. are both top five homies easily. So if I can take them as one pick, then I got them both as one pick. Mordecai and Rigby. That no, you can easily take that one as one pick because I also have cartoon characters in mind. I have a couple cartoon characters, but if we're gonna do, you know, groups of people, you know, as my fourth in the list of my top five, but my second overall pick, I'm taking Ed. Ed and Eddie. I'm taking all three of the Eds. Damn. Those dudes were homies, man. They were always just, you know, chilling in the cul-de-sac, just trying, you know, they're always chasing a jawbreaker. They're always, you know, come up with like little Facts. schemes to try to scam all the other kids. You know, no one else liked them. They only had each other, but they were ride or die for each other. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, they were all three little, like, you know, all three of them, you know, Double D, he was the brains of the group. He was like the one kind of trying to keep together. Ed, or, uh, you know, Eddie, he was the one, you know, kind of coming up with the schemes. He was the one, you know, trying to make the money, trying to get the jawbreakers. And Ed, <laughs> he was the, you know, the big, dumb, lovable muscle. Those three were a perfect trio. And, you know, they always had those, like, mm, you little trifling-ass canker sisters always pulling on their shorts. And they always had to be like, no, 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 because they weren't no simps. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, easily, easily all-time homies. Yeah, I mean... uh, you know, I didn't have, I don't have this on my list, but I do want to mention it because you just reminded me of it. And this has nothing, it's not even a cartoon that I'm about to make this relation to. Okay. But Ed, Ed, and also Eddie, obviously all three of them, you know, homies. But I was thinking of putting Ernie, you know, Ernie from George Lopez. I was thinking about putting him. <laughs> I didn't put him on there. I thought you were about to say Bert and Ernie because they yeah. are homies. <laughs> no, Ernie, Ernie from George Lopez. He was a ride or die, man. Like he always, he, he had them big ass ears that Georgia yeah. always make fun of, and like he still would come back and take the beating because that was his boy. I, you know, I appreciate that one, man. All right, so first I got Al Cowling slash uh, Robert Kardashian. I got uh, Mordecai and Rigby, and then damn, I know what I'm going for number three, and I'm going for him right now while he's still on the board because I think you might take him. I'm going with my boy, 
Paul DeVecchio, Paulie D. I'm going with him right now. The biggest homie of all time. You got a toxic motherfucker like Ronnie in the house, and then you got the worst Mike the Situation of all time. You got the worst version of him of all time existing around you. And then you got Vinny, who Vinny now we know was just a total douche. Like, he's just a douche. I'm sorry. I would probably, you know, switch my tune if he was right here. I'd be like, oh, what's up, man? <laughs> Try to dap him up. Vinny, what's up? Yeah. yeah Guido, not, Guido, I mean, or Tito Guido, what's up? Yeah, I'm, I'm not no, gonna, I appreciate that. I get that. Know, I'm, I'm an honest cat, so I'll, I'll keep it a buck. But Ronnie, douchebag, or at least he was. Uh, Mike was terrible back then, but now he's uh, Mike the inspiration, not Mike the situation, right? <laughs> Come on now. But Pauly D. I love that. <laughs> in, in the midst of all of that bullshit that was going on, Pauly D found a way to like stand out and be the most likable person of, uh, I think of all human history. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone as likable as Paul D um, and reality TV. There's not a reality TV character in American history. That's as likable as Paul D. Sorry. I, I mean, I don't think I can argue either. Paulie D 100% a homie. I mean, obviously Jim tan laundry, you know, he DJs all the time, you know, he was at West Virginia once and I was really close to getting tickets when uh, my girlfriend was still going there. And I really wish I did because if I saw DJ Pauly D, I would have had to start fist bumping like it. Like I would have probably torn my shoulder out with the amount of fist bumping I would have to do. I know you gotta break, you gotta break the wall down too. You have the to door, break whatever. the wall. You have to like uh, you have to beat the beat up when you start at the ground. You just kind of pump, 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 pump. <laughs> Not to like put our business out there, but uh, you know, Joe. There's been times where we've been at the bar, and you know, the beat has been no, the beat has been beat it up. I I can think of I can think of multiple occasions where the beat has been in fact beaten up. Like we jumped the beat, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the beat had to get beat up. Shout to Pauly D. Well, I like that one a lot. Pauly D, obviously, great choice. With my next pick, I have to go with you know. There's an obvious one. An obvious one would be Mario and Luigi. Ah, that's their homies. They're bros, you know, they got this, like, Mario's dating Peach. Peach is, I think, Daisy's sister, if not best friend, at least, you know, Luigi getting some from Daisy. I don't know if they're a thing, but he's at least getting some on the side. <laughs> but I'm not going with them because, you know, they're the faces. Everyone loves Mario and Luigi. They're just, like, natural, you know, good guys. I'm going with Wario and Luigi, or Waluigi. War- Wario and Waluigi. Wario and Waluigi. The reason that they're homies is because they're not homies to anyone else, but those two they're homies they got each other's back they're always out there you know they're playing tennis together they're like you know remember double dash they would ride the golf carts together or the little the go-karts um they always got each other's back (laughs) no one else messes with them but they always are riding for each other they know they're the outcasts they know they're the heels but they're still homies and they always got each other's back wario and waluigi i mean i don't think you can get a better connection man because you know they're just social outcasts just trying to make a buck I agree. I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different, you know, combinations you do. I was thinking you were going to go Mario and the Luigi. I think you were going to go both. Of um, course. It's the obvious pick. So, so, so far we got, I got Al Cowling slash Rob Kardashian. I got Mordecai and Rigby. I got Pauly D. And then you have, what are your uh, three so far? I have uh, the richest homie, Rich Homie Quan. Rich Homie Quan, yeah. The rich, I have Ed, the- Ed. And also and Eddie. Yeah, right. And then of course I have not Mario and Luigi, but Wario yeah, and Mario. Waluigi. Right. Yes, of course, of course. Nice. So Joe, you have two more picks. Let's hear one of them. I know how uh, I'm taking this one while I got it. I gotta go Chewbacca, man. Chewy. Ooh. Oh. 
I got to go Chewy, man. This is all you pick. I didn't even think about it. I got to go Chewy, man. Because, look, this guy, Juan Juan Solo. I was going to. Juan Solo, yeah. Juan Solo. (laughs) Hey, bro, Juan Solo. (laughs) Hey, we're hopping on the Millennium Falcon, bro. (laughs) Han Solo. This guy was relying on on Chewbacca. I mean, this guy was. I mean, this. uh, There was various points within this whole entire franchise where. There was times where Han Solo was getting held up at gunpoint, and then this, this, uh, now he wasn't a Sasquatch, but he also was not a Yeti. He was a Wookiee, and he was coming up, clapped, and he had the strap hanged around. He had the ammo at, on a sash. He had the ammo on a sash around his entire shoulder blade, and then yeah. he would take that ammo and put it in his strap and just mow down anyone who was pressing the Jedi or Han Solo. It doesn't, it didn't matter. He like, always, th- th- this guy was on top of his game, my boy Chewy. So, out of all well, the homies of all time and all of the, the the world's history, if Chewbacca's not on your list, you're a hater. I hate to say it. I mean, I fully agree. Chewbacca is a hell of a um, he's a hell of a pick. He is easily a top five homie, if not the toppest homie. Yeah. I mean. He had everyone's back. It didn't matter who it was, but like if you were a cool person, you were cool with Chewbacca. He had your back. Like he was literally the dude. He, I mean, I feel like people forget he helped Yoda escape. Um, God, I'm trying to. Uh, I know what planet Wookies are from, but I can't think of what it is. God, are you talking about but, Kashyyyk right now, dude? I am. I am talking about Kashyyyk. Uh, man. Damn. <laughs> How did man. I know that? Man, I played I too much Battlefront 2. I know. Keanu Mundy would be pissed. I mean, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees in Kashyyyk? I, it's a big question that people have to be asked. Well, what about the clone attack on Yoda at Kashyyyk? Because only Chewbacca, and I need to remember what this Wookiee's name was, because there's one other Wookiee that's with him, and they never mention what this dude's name is until at the very end where... um where Yoda finally says his name and it's become a huge meme in like the star Wars community. Cause just like, who's this <laughs> other Wookiee? I need to look this up. Wook- Here talk while I look up who this other star Wars Wookiee is. Cause I need to mention this dude's name. Oh, I think star Wars is um because I was also thinking like, you know, I could have put R2 D2. Uh, I could have put, you know, like various other people in from the star Wars franchise in there. Um, I think I had a, there was, there was a like I was trying to find like a happy medium within my list, of I couldn't figure out, uh, you know how how fictional how real life should I go? But did I you know. find yeah, the, I did, you, did you find the uh, the the final Wookiee that you were trying to think of their name? So I'd say, before I go into my next pick, I'm gonna do an honorable mention, and it's Tarful the Wookiee because like Chewbacca, he helped Yoda escape Kashyyyk. He was a ride or die, didn't listen to Order 66. Well, he didn't have to listen to Order 66, but at least didn't, you know, join the crowd. You know, he sees all the guys that he's fighting with that are fighting against the people attacking his home planet, and they're all turned on this little green guy. My immediate thought would be, no, man, they're turned on the green guy for a reason. Tarful, he saw the goodness. Tarful, honorable mention of a homie. However, my second homie, and I think it's one of the more obvious homies, and it's the big homie. It's Dario Saric. Of Dude. course it's Darius. Of course it's the big homie Darius Saric. Sadly, sadly, he's currently injured right now, and it's very, very depressing. He will not be playing this NBA Finals. It's very sad to not see Darius Saric out there. However, 
Darius Sarge, I think one of the more likable players in the league. I feel like any team he's ever played on, he's been a fan favorite, and he's played on like 100 teams right now because the dude just keeps all moving around, but now he's finally with the Suns. They re-signed him. He's not playing right now, like we mentioned, but, you know, he's a staple on that team. They might win a finals this year, and he will be an NBA champion if they do that. The big homie, Dario Saric, Sixers legend, process legend. Got to show respect to the homie. Man, I, I honestly, I swear to God, earlier today, I was sending it to Jake, uh, and I was like, yo, like, we're doing this list. We're doing, you know, top five homies, and I was like, man, I'm trying to think of actual homies, like, actual homies, you know, because when I was thinking of actual homies, the one that came to my mind was uh, the richest one. Quan uh, uh, was his name. Yeah, the, yeah the rich the rich homie, yeah. The, the rich one, yeah. And uh, I said to him, I said, you know what? I know one he's using. And he said, what? And I was like, the biggest, the biggest homie, <laughs> you know. Biggest the, homie. The so homie I, have the, I, have the, I have the richest and the biggest homie. I think my homie list is better right now. I know. <laughs> the richest I, and the biggest. No, nah, I'm honestly, you, you can say all that. And you can talk all you want, but my, my I'm Ooh, winning. I'm golly. winning this debate. I'm winning this debate right now. The biggest homie of all time in the entire world, Beetlejuice Green. Beetlejuice Green. You know Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice is a homie. Yeah, my man's beat. He would hang around Howard Stern uh, for hours upon hours at a time. Uh, would rub shoulders with the weirdest people and also like A-list celebrities. You can't find any cat that's uh, had that that variety of experiences and also he would stick around howard bro he still hops on his show to this day he was on there like that, in, that is nuts he, he is a ride or die for howard stern howard stern isn't the nicest to beat you know what i mean he really isn't the nicest to beat he's always putting with beats or he always put him beat against like other people he's always trying to put beat down but beat just keep coming back because he's a real one i appreciate that beat is definitely a homie and i was like you know I was, I was i've been watching a lot of like old clips of uh of howard and uh just you know just just watching the old like viral clips and stuff and i you know a lot of them have beat in them and the thing is yeah. is people forget this guy got married live on air people forget people forget this yeah. guy got he's a nutty character man beat, could you imagine like, he... I, this is one thing i have to say could you imagine if uh we had like a, a whack pack nowadays where it's just like a bunch of people with things that are wrong with them like or not not it's crazy it us. really is crazy to look no but let me not say us but anyone if anyone had that nowadays where you just have a bunch of like gimmicked people uh you know what i mean like like people that have things wrong with them and you're just like exploiting them openly for, making fun of yeah oh openly Lord. exploiting and making fun of them yeah, that'd be rough. I don't think anyone could do that nowadays. Yikes, you hate no. to see it. But you really do, man. But beat your like last beat. your your last homie. Your last homie. I have an honorable mention of a homie real quick, because I had to leave one homie off the list. It's Homer Simpson. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. Solely because the way that Marge says homie, and that's it. That's my whole theory about it. I yeah, that's a homie, because that's his nickname. My number one homie. The homie that tops my entire list of homies. Joe. It's you. You're you're my top person in my homies list. <laughs> my, my podcast co-host, my homie, man. <laughs> I'm offended I wasn't number one on your list. Yeah, sorry, Beetlejuice beats you out, dude. <laughs> Dick Homer's going on my he's number one. He's number one F you, dude. 
podcast is over. I can't believe that. Uh, I can't believe that I was actually the, the number one pick. Yeah, you're my number one. You're my number one homie. That's a- hey, 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 I hate to break you, dude, but uh, <laughs> if I had my boy Beat Green right here with me, it'd be man, a little fuck little you, man. I'm, I'm gonna go hang out with Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> All three of them, the trio. <laughs> All three of the Ed, Eds, and Eddies. Wow, um, sad. I had a, you really I hate to see it. You just dropped on the list now. Fuck. You hate to see it. <laughs> on my list, I had uh, one extra, um, you know, pick for my homies, for my top five homies, because I did have Rich Homie Quan, and you used him. Mm-hmm. So I of course, of I course, of course. But had uh, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero was the only other one I didn't use. Um, and Ooh, that's because that is a good one. They were homies. These guys had a ladder match trying to, de- you know, decide the custody of this child. And they were able to still have like a friendship after like that just does not yeah. happen ever. It's crazy. You hate to see it, man. I I would argue though, uh, bigger homies. If we're talking wrestling, is probably like Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit because like <laughs> Chris Jericho defends him till the very end. Chris Jericho will defend Senior Benoit till the very end. The only reason I thought about that is because I immediately thought you know Benoit and you know Guerrero. Then I was like, honestly though. Jericho's got Benoit's back. Jericho will make sure that, like, his name's tarnished, but Jericho will not let it further get tarnished. Jericho makes sure he's like, that wasn't him. That's not him. I'm like, who else was it then? Who else did it? I actually seen this clip today. Um, It was Conan and Disco Inferno keeping it 100, and they had um, Chris Jericho on today, and they asked him about uh, McGregor, and uh, Jericho caught this promo about how he's – He's washed. He's he's his shell of his former self. And Conan made like a joke to Jericho, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. Little, little, yeah, kinda, little. I'm sure that, yeah, sure that ruffled. Like, uh, sure, I'm sure you're familiar with that, huh, Chris? And uh, yeah, oh, and nice. he almost he almost cried. I think live on uh, live on a podcast. I would never do that. He uh, man, I can't. I say what you want about Jericho. Say what you oh. want about Benoit, but Jericho's definitely a homie to Benoit. Last, like, we can talk about this for two minutes, not even, and then end this because we've been going on for uh, ages, I feel like. Uh, Malachi Black, uh, AEW. Pretty cool, huh? Oh, yeah, we kept on talking about Yeah, I feel like we teased uh, Tommy Ann on the we, first think, episode. We at least, yeah, I feel like least people, need to mention it. I feel like the people think that we're, like, um, you know, shills inside of AEW right now. Like, we might have the inside scoop or yeah, something. Man, we call man, that a little nope. bit. Uh, we did call. Yeah, I mean, Tommy and to AW Malachi Black. He's st- he's working all of his WWE gimmicks, which is awesome though. Like he cut a promo last night, and like he came on the jumbotron. The smoke. He was in a black room. The smoke was coming up, and he literally just cut like an Alistair Black promo. Then he's still got the things all wrong with his eye. Like he's still working the eye gimmick. Right. I said I like that, that to that my he's brother. continuing the story. That's awesome. I said to my brother, I said, "Yo, it's cool as shit that he's continuing the uh, the whole eye thing with the Mysterio story. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, like." No, you, rare, awesome. you rarely see that nowadays, like long term. Mm-hmm. And I won't even say that. I mean, it is kind of long term because, you know, that happens. like he's the one doing it. Right. And it's like, yeah, you're in a different company. Like, you don't got to do that now. But uh, no, I, I, I like that. Cool. He was like, he's so like, no, I this is a good character. F you guys for releasing me. I'm going to go do the same thing and get super over. Yeah, I think it's cool that he's an AW. I think it's cool that uh, Zelina Vega is back uh, with WWE. And this Friday night, uh, SmackDown, first SmackDown, first WWE show, other than WrestleMania, uh, the first WWE yeah. show with uh, fans. So we should definitely it's talk definitely about that be, next uh, week. 
because uh, Money in the Bank is this weekend as well. Um, so Money in the Bank is on Sunday night. Um, I'm going to the Nationals Padres game on Saturday night. So next episode next week, Wednesday, Thursday, definitely go cover those topics. Uh, any last words, Mike? Uh, man, I feel I'm still a little hurt, but I feel like we can probably, you know, uh, reconcile this podcast and have a good episode next week, more than likely. But you never know. <laughs> I do feel I do. I do feel I was a uh, feel a little hurt that I was left off the list, man. You're my number one. You're my number one pick. Dude, you sound fruity. You were, you were the you. Wow, wow! I didn't know that friendship just wasn't allowed on podcast. Didn't know that you know. Hey, friendship can't make it to the airwaves. Wow, man, f you, Joe, f you, dude. Pause. Ayo. Hey, Next you're, week, you're the heel. You're the heel of the podcast. <laughs> I will. I will gladly embrace that role. You don't have to tell me twice, dude. Like, <laughs> all right. Next week, we're gonna talk. Uh, uh, my nationals experience. First time being in DC. Uh, um post covid which will be weird uh i probably gotta, I probably gotta no, go no 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 you were you were at the capitol a couple months ago i see you there <laughs> no <laughs> no i did not go to the capitol yeah fuck out of here yeah 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 i seen you there <laughs> i was not expect- yo my back still hurts from- no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh man that is a funny ass joke you can put that on anyone to be funny but next week uh nationals game um nba finals the conclusion uh what else what else we got i was oh money in the bank that's it all right yes all All right. right talk to you guys next week